Hi, I'm Renee Philpott, and this is Selling with Charm. After over 26 years in sales, there's one thing I have learned. Sales is fun. Join me as I help you simplify your sales process, and together we will reach your weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This week, my guest is Mary Jo. And Mary Jo and her husband own Doodle Bean Coffee Roasters. It's coffee for dog lovers. I met Mary Jo at Pink Creatives back in April. And I just love the conversation that we had in this episode. There is a couple of takeaways that I want you to look for. There are some sales tips if you are selling at a booth or setting up somewhere and, you know, how do you get sales there? But there is another takeaway that I really hadn't thought about until we started talking and this conversation turned into some very valuable lessons. When you are in business, it's very tempting to think, I want to get bigger. The bigger, the better. Mary Jo and I discussed the benefits of choosing small. So take a listen. Let me know what you think. Good morning, Mary Jo. Thank you so much for joining me and agreeing to be a guest on the Selling with Charm podcast. I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and, of course, your business. Well, I'm Mary Jo Boyd. I am from Northwest Ohio, where I don't know what happened when fall turned on. It just, the first day of fall, it's cold here. I think right now it is about 50 degrees. So now I have turtleneck on in September. It's cold. But I own Doodle Bean Coffee with my husband. Um, We started this two years ago. It is a coffee roasting company as opposed to a coffee shop. So we roast the beans. We get them in from a distributor. We source them directly to the farms that we get them from. And yeah, we roast them here in small batches, five pounds at a time. And then we package them and we sell them. I left. So we started this in 2020. Uh, right in the middle of a pandemic. So we opened in August of 2020. I had been doing some legal technology work for 13 years prior to this and been traveling a lot, going all over the place. And it was getting to be a lot. And we were taking care of my father-in-law at the time who was blind. He li- We lived with him to take care of him. And his care was starting to be, you know, very, a lot more difficult. So I needed to be home. So I decided to leave that job and thought, oh, I'll just get something part-time close to home. I'll be able to be home, help with him. And COVID hit and shut everything down. And so my husband and I had been talking about starting a business. We had went through all the different options of what we could do. And we have this building here on our property that had been my father-in-law's wood shop. And since he was blind, it just sat here doing nothing. And he always told us, do something with it, do something with it. And we're like, well, what are we going to do? I work full time. We're taking care of you, you know? And so we just decided, you know, let's go for it. Uh, In my travels, whenever I would go wherever I was in the country, out of the country, I would bring back freshly roasted coffee beans. And so we loved them so much that we decided to start a roasting company. So we roast, uh, we looked into it. We went to roasting school. We learned all kinds of things and we went for it. So August of 2020, we opened and here we are still going strong. So, oh, wow. So there's a couple of things about that that I want to talk a little bit more about, probably more than a couple, but so you looked at several options because I'm sure that's the, one of the questions you get, why coffee? And you, you told us a little bit about that, but you looked at several things 
But one mm -hmm. of the things is you wanted to be able to use the building on your property, right? Correct. Yes. And and is it out from town or in town or? Yeah, we're out of town. So our and we live in a very small town in Northwest Ohio. So we are west of Toledo, and we're near the airport. The airport's out of town too. So we're like north of the airport, but we are not inside our main little town. We are on. I mean, literally, I have cornfields on two sides of me, and you know, it's very open. There's nothing really around us. And when I said that, you know, we, we researched many different options and how I did that is kind of funny. And so I'll tell that story. We wanted to open a bed and breakfast. That's what we thought we were going to do. And obviously we couldn't do that and take care of his father, you know, my, my father-in-law. So we got, we had gotten a book that said, you know, how to create, how to open a bed and breakfast, you know, like, okay, let's do it. And in this book, it was like, so in your face about make sure you know what you're doing, do that, you know, also go in and get a phone book and bed and breakfast may not be for you. Get a phone book, look through all the different options of jobs and, and things out there that you could maybe do that would still fit what you want to do. And it is so funny because first of all, trying to find a phone book in our day and age, right? There is no phone book. Right I was thinking we did that. find We did manage to find one. We're going through the yellow pages. And, you know, and obviously you rule out professions you're not skilled for, doctors, veterinarians, things like that. But, you know, coffee shop came up, uh, a pet bakery. You know, I love to bake. I love to cook. And I love pets and my dog. And so we're like, well, we could do pet treats. You know, we could do this. And, you know, so we wrote them all out. And the bottom line came out that bed and breakfast was totally not for us at all. And coffee shop was close, but we couldn't do the hours and our location is not conducive for a coffee shop. But then we narrowed it down to the roasting. So that's how we kind of went through that process of looking at all the options that, you know, we, we wrote, each of us wrote out a list. I had a list of all the things I wanted to do with a business. And my husband wrote down all his things and we compared the two. And so on my list was things like utilize the building, do it debt free, you know, be able to do something that I can work with my husband, have the time to be able to travel and do things, you know, all those kinds of my checklist and his, and a lot of our points matched, which was good. And this business just fit perfect. Oh, wow. That is amazing. So you wrote down a list of what you wanted to do in the business. Did you each write down a list of different businesses also, or did you agree on the businesses in the beginning, kind of one list for that? I think we did one list for the businesses. We were just okay. talking about, we went through the yellow pages together and we are like, no, no, yes, no, no. Okay. That might work. You know, you know, and that kind of thing. So we did the list, that part together. I, we may have done our list of what we wanted in a business first. I think that was our first step is we each, we, we didn't do it together. We were separate, wrote down our list. And then that, then we did the going through and seeing what fit our list. Oh, wow. Well, I love that. Cause my husband and I have been in our office equipment business together in November, we'll make 20 years. So, wow, congrats. Thank you. So it is always interesting to me when I run across somebody who is in business with their husband or who has just started in business with their husband, um, because it, it is kind of unusual. I mean, I meet people, different places I go, there's some people who will say, oh, I could never work with my mm -hmm. spouse. And then I see people who do work with their spouse, but they're still working through the challenges I think my husband and I were like you and your husband, we decided early on that's what we wanted to do. So we wanted, mm -hmm. you know, that was one of the factors for us. We wanted to work together because so we'd worked together at another dealership. So I love that part. And mm -hmm. interesting you say that about a bed and breakfast because 
Dave and Jenny Mars on their television show, and the name of it is not coming to me right now, but they have the home makeover show in Arkansas. Are you familiar with it? I don't know that I am. I haven't seen it. Um, so they they start redoing this really old house that is gorgeous, and they're going to do a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And during the episode, of course, it, it was like a shorter season, but it was maybe five or six episodes. And in one of the episodes, and that's what they planned was a bed and breakfast. They go stay in a bed and breakfast that's kind of close. And these people are just, I'm like, if you watch this and ever want to do a bed and breakfast, oh, wow. Because these people are like, oh, we can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got to do all the bad stuff about it. So anyway, they end up, it's kind of a cliffhanger, you know, oh, no, what are they going to do now? Of course, they turned it into an Airbnb Mm -hmm. because that was kind of the best of all things for them. But I think. That's so interesting that you say that because that's kind of how they were. It was kind of really in your face. Mm-hmm. You're either going to be all in on this or you're not. <laughs> we started reading all of the things that you have to do when you own a bed and breakfast. And the, the one thing was you were, you don't go anywhere. And it's all and we're like, well, I we don't know about this, you know? <laughs> and the more we researched, the more we thought, well, you know, I, I'm a hospital. I love taking care of people. I love doing those little touches, those little things that just make people smile and I love to bake. It's all these things I kind of thought, oh yeah, bed and breakfast, that would be perfect. And, and actually it's not. And, and the, the thing I've learned is you can use all of those things in anything that you do. So if you like to take care of people, you like those little details, no matter what you're doing, you can fit that in there and you can make that happen. Oh, it's a great point. I love that. The, the phone book, of course, got, <laughs> I, I joke all the time. I have always loved phone books because mm-hmm. That's how I would decide where I was going to go. And I started in sales. That was where, you know, because I would get the phone book. I didn't want to go just where everybody else could see where to go. I wanted to uncover some places other people weren't going. And that was the easiest. We didn't have on, you know, when I started in sales, we didn't have online access to the World Wide Web. So that was the easiest way to find the the gems to uncover. And I don't know if you've noticed, phone books are a lot thinner than they used to be. They, they are much. In fact, the one we did find was like very small, but it was yes. enough to get the categories. And yeah, yeah. we probably could have yeah. done it online, but you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm old school. I want it in my hand. I want to see it. And they just are gone now. So yeah, yeah. So that is great. Now, So have you ever considered setting some goals for yourself? I know most people probably have had some type of goal, but as we are approaching 2023, you may have some new goals. You may have something you would really like to work toward, or you may be unclear about what you want to work toward, but you know you want to do a little more next year. I am offering one-on-one goal sessions for the first time to the public. I would love to extend this offer to you. You can go over to my website and schedule one of the time slots, but it is just a great opportunity to spend some time really working on your goals. When you work on them with someone, they will ask good questions and they will help you clarify and just get really clear. Once the goal session is completed, you will get a simple report that goes over what was important for you personally and in your work life, or either or if you only want to work on one, then this can be a great tool for you when you are looking at 2023. So reach out to me if I can help you and take a look at what I'm offering on my website.
If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow, rate, and share with a friend. And if you're looking for more content just like this, head over to my website and sign up for the weekly newsletter. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So you decided on coffee roasting. And so you found a roasting school. I mean, you took the extra steps. You're not like, oh, we're just going to be trial and error. You mm-hmm. said, how can we do this right? Right. We did. We um, we joined the Specialty Coffee Association, which is like an international organization. I always feel like that's important in whatever field that you're in is to find the organizations that can support you and give you the education and the tools that you need for whatever it is you want to do. And so that was our first step is to join that. And then there are local, well, there's, there, it was local for us. It was about an hour away in Ann Arbor, Michigan, but we did find one and we were able to go up. We actually took a brewing class that we knew all the different methods of brewing coffee. We did sensory for tasting, you know, on finding all those different, you know, flavor notes in coffee. We did a green coffee buying class and then we did the roasting class and we got certified in the roasting. And even then, it's still a learning curve because when we roasted up there on their machine, they have this big, huge, fancy machine that's connected to computers and it's everything. You know, we have a manual drum roaster it's behind me here. And, you know, going from that to this, we're like, well, we can't convert that. So it is still a learning and trial and error, um, but you do and you get your, your you, you, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of practice roasting and roasting and roasting to get it right and then replicating it is, you know, you got to just keep replicating that same thing, with all the different coffees that we carry. So it was definitely yeah. a learning experience. I just love that. That's great. What I started to ask you while ago, you needed to use that building. So I'm assuming that a coffee shop might not have been your first thought because you're not right in town somewhere or in a bigger town. Is that right? That's right. And they, you know, our town, it's about five miles from us. So we're like, you know, about five miles from our town center. And a coffee shop had just opened in January when we were starting to talk about this. And then in March, when I left the job, you know, they were open. And so we're like, well, now that that hole has been filled, what can we do that's not filled in our area? Um, So that's where that went. So a couple of things that you have done really well is you have figured out where you fit or where your niche is. And so can you share a little bit about how you discovered that or how, how you were going to attack that? Yeah. So in our area, we do have a lot of coffee roasters. You know, if I looked around, I mean, I say a lot, I mean, there's probably at least five, maybe in our, within an hour of us, you know, at least. So coffee roasting in itself, isn't something that's unique here, but how the marketing is around the product. When we started the company, I knew right away it had to be fun. If we were going to do a business together, we had to have fun with it. It wasn't going to be some drudgery thing we had to do, you know, And so we absolutely love our Aussie doodle. Her name is Miss Sayla. Um, And we love dogs. So we love coffee and we love dogs. And we thought there's a lot of people out in the world that like coffee and they like dogs. So why not make a dog themed coffee roasting company? We'll stand out from everyone else and we can have fun with it. And that is where we came up with Doodle Bean Coffee. Um, Sayla is the CDO, we call her, the chief doodle officer. Um, everything revolves around her and little punny, fun, you know, names for our coffee. Everything has a little story about her. It's very well thought out to include dog lovers and, and coffee lovers together. And that's where our niche is. We know that we're probably limiting 
our market, maybe. I mean, we have really, really good coffee as well. And people that, you know, may not necessarily consider themselves a dog lover still enjoy our coffee. So it's something that they can still get. And if they don't have a dog, they know somebody with a dog. It's great for gifts. It's tastes wonderful. So they really don't care if it's a dog name. So we kind of reach both, but we target our target audience is coffee loving well, and dog lovers. That's, that's where great. we, yeah, those that's are our people. That, that's wonderful. And so, you know, you, your chances are you're going to meet fun people then. Yes, definitely. So it's funny because it, it did catch my eye when I met you, when you told me your story, because my son actually has an Aussie doodle that he oh. just got last October. And so uh, his name is Ranger and we love him. You'll see videos of him on our social media on occasion because he's just so much fun. So I can see why that's a big draw. I just I love the story. So that's, of course, part of your branding. But you also know a little bit about building a consistent product. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So across our line, everything is consistently dog themed. Everything from the packaging, I have a package. I don't know if it's going to flip it around, probably will, but there's a package. This is one of the coffees, belly rubs. Oh, I um, love that. And then our, our top brand, our top seller is our pooper scooper. So again, bringing in that fun part of this. So what we have is across the line, we even have a flavored coffee, pumpkin pecan. So everything, everything that we do is dog centered. Everything is focused on that. And then the coffee. And by doing that, we're reaching people and striking up conversations with them, even before they ever taste the coffee. So you were asking about, I think at the beginning, I don't know if you want to go there now, but with the farmer's markets and what, how we stand out at a farmer's market. So we, first off, our setup is a U-shaped setup. So people, we're drawing people into us. I'm behind the table. Matthew is always up front. Matthew's my husband. I don't know if I introduced him, but he's my hubby. Um, so he um, is always up front in the table. And even at, at some of our markets, when we just have a single table and, you know, he's in front of the table always, and he's talking to people and he'll see somebody, you know, looking at the names and smiling or chuckling, or what is that? Especially Cooper Scooper. That's a conversation starter in itself, <laughs> but he will laugh and you're like, you must have a dog. And he starts that conversation immediately. Next thing I know, I'm looking out there, they're laughing, showing pictures of their dogs on their phones. And before I know it, they're back to me. Matthew's just like, they want this, you know? It sells because you're connecting with people. Um, if I just sat back and we see this all the time at farmer's markets. So if anybody's out there doing farmer's markets and you're just sitting back there behind your table on your phone or you're eating food or you're not connecting with the people that are right in front of you, you're not going to sell anything. You have to connect with all the people and be, don't be afraid to say, Hey, you know, how are you today? You know, what did, did you see that you know, strike up a conversation? somehow, some way. And we kill it at every single market and people around us, our neighbors, every time, wow, you guys aren't going to be taking much inventory home or wow, look at him selling out there. I need one of him, you know, or what I, you know, because we're not just sitting idle and just waiting for people to come and ask us questions about our copy. We're telling them, you know, Hey, look at, yeah, you like that name. This is how we came up with it. And he always holds up a bag and has a picture of Sayla. Look at, see, she's our mascot. She's the one that we did the coffee. Of. Oh, she's so cute. And the next thing you know, 
you know, they're buying coffee and we're laughing and having a good time. That's what we wanted to build. And that's how we do it when we sell. So wherever we are, whether it's a farmer's market, it's a craft show, it's whatever. That's how we, we bring people in and we do that. Um, and then consistency across the board. So packaging, our website follows all of that. We went through a um, business made simple class that we had with a consultant that helped us with that to use a story branding uh, way of marketing. And so our website is consistent with that. Our products are consistent with that. Everything follows that same story so that no matter where you go, whether it's my business card, whether it's our fast card, whether it's our bags, our website, our Facebook, our Instagram, it's all following that story. So people aren't confused. You know, our tagline is coffee for dog lovers. It's very clear. Um, that's how we kind of stay consistent and market everything. So, so I love how you said you have to be involved when you go, yeah. because, you know, that's one of the things that when I'm coaching, sometimes we feel like we have such a great product. It should sell itself. It's so different. Mm -hmm. It, you know, nobody else is at the market that has this, but it won't stand out on its own. So I always kind of say we have to be the voice for our product because it doesn't have one. Somebody has to stand up for it and get attention for it and 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 do all that. I mean, marketing is wonderful and it goes a long way, but the people behind products and services are really what sell it because mm -hmm. it is a connection. You're connecting with other people. And I think that's what makes such a big difference. And I'm sure that's why you've seen such success. So I love that you've shared that with us. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing that is kind of unique is you have built this business with little or no debt. Is that right? That's correct. Debt-free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that is wonderful. And I'd love for you to share, have there been challenges around there? Were there times when you said, oh, we could grow so much faster and you've held yeah. back? Yes, we are holding back a lot. Um, I think this could be very big. We we did start this debt-free. We saved and had an account. We knew we were going to open a business someday. So when I was working, you know, we were putting money away to this account that when we open our business, this is what we'll start it with. And so that's how we, over the years, started with the, the little bit. And then, of course, there's all this stuff that happens after you used to open and all that. But we have stayed debt-free and everything that we've done. And it, it is a very controlled growth. You know, we could go out and, you know, market this to grocery stores and, and all kinds of places. We do have some, some wholesale accounts. Now we're in like some three dog bakeries and things in our area and flower shops and things, but we've controlled that as well. And even doing farmer's markets this year, how many can we take on and actually keep up and maintain the quality and our our life, you know, and, and our, what we want to do and not go too much. And then we, you know, you always have the people, you should, <laughs> you should do this, you should do that. And, you know, yeah, we could do a lot of things, but our goal was to keep it him and I, that was one of the things we wanted it. We didn't want to have employees. We didn't want to have to do all that. Not saying that we've ruled it out forever, but that was our goal at the beginning is to just keep this us, keep it small, keep it what we can handle on our own and do that. So we didn't go the Amazon route. We didn't go, you know, we could be there. We could be all over. Somebody told me to go on Shark Tank. I'm like, those guys would kill me. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be terrified to go on that show. But, um, you know, just those, we, yeah, we could, we could really explode this, but 
would it still meet our goals and what we wanted for this business? And it's hard because people just assume when you have a business that they, that your goal is to just make tons of money and to grow, 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 grow. And that's not always what the goal is. So in my mind, I'm, I want to pay the bills. I want to be able to make some money. Obviously I don't want to do this for free, but how big is enough? You know, what is enough? And it's different for everyone. And so for us, growing it slowly and, and very carefully so that we don't overwhelm ourselves and we don't want to have to take out a loan for something. And where does it stop being, we're, we, we pride ourselves on being small batch roasters. We roast five pounds at a time. If we had a bigger roaster, yeah, we could do 10 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 or hundred pounds at a time. Where does that lose that small batch? You know, there's a fine line for us on being a small business and really putting out a quality product versus volume and money and, and losing maybe some of that quality. So we're kind of trying to balance that with being able to sustain what we're doing now. So, so far it's been working, you know, every year we add a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. This year we took on the farmer's markets, which was a big jump for us. That's a lot of time. Uh, we, we, we do two a week, plus on once a month through the summer, we are doing a night market which was like from six to 11 at night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I go to bed at nine 30. Okay. You know, like, Me too. But we did it. And, you know, so taking those on was a big step for us, both physically and, you know, just this time, you know, time. And so we, we were able to sustain it and we are actually going to go on after they're done. They're, the second week of October, we're done. And we're taking a little mini break because, you know, that's the other part of this is, work-life balance, you know, we, we need to, we've worked very hard all summer without a break and we're going to take a week before the holiday rush and just regroup and be like, okay, now we're ready for the holiday rush. And then probably January, we'll take another little break and then we'll be ready for the spring. So it's part, you know, just keeping that, that connection, you know, with just being able to do that work life and, and to just grow it slowly and not overwhelm. Otherwise you're going to blow all your resources and you won't be able to, you know, I, I don't want to take loans out. I'm at a point in my life. I've been debt-free for, I don't know, eight years, 10 years, you know, I, I don't want to go there again. You know, I don't want to go there and owe anybody anything. So yeah, that that's wonderful. I think there is beauty in loving being small. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough businesses, I know I didn't appreciate when my business was smaller as much mm -hmm. as I should have. Mm -hmm. I I was too focused. I was much younger. Uh, you change as, as you, it's nice as you mature, you gain some other things. Everybody talks about the things you lose with age, but there's some wonderful <laughs> things that come along with it, I think. And there's more patience and then you get wiser, yeah. all of those things. You know, we we started our business together when we were very young and we we wanted it to grow, grow, grow. We were comparing ourselves to the bigger dealers and people around us when we should have appreciated a little bit more and enjoyed the, the time. So I love that you have shared that. And I think, I, I don't know, I could almost do a whole podcast on the beauty of staying small and appreciating that because yeah. there is so much to enjoy with it and you connect with your customers in a different way and it's just a wonderful thing and I love that you have shared that and learning to appreciate that I mean mm -hmm. even like my husband and I have 
have moved to a smaller house and it is so nice. I don't want a bigger house. I, I, mm-hmm. Just like you say, it's it's just like with a, a business and a house is the same. I have to maintain that. I have to, mm-hmm. all it needs to do is cover my needs and, yep. and, uh, and, and that's what's important. So I love, love that. So you have shared so much with us. Is there anything else, any takeaways, what you've learned over the last couple of years that you'd love to share? Yeah, I'll just add just a little thing. You know, we had talked, so we're, we're, pre-retirement age now. And had it been 20 years ago when we started this, maybe our, our mindset would have been different, you know, but you know, with retirement coming up, how big that's, that's another factor in our decision. Something that I have learned doing this business is you have to just be you. We do us. That's our motto. We do us. We don't, we don't care what other coffee people, what other vendors are doing. We do us and our people will find us. And if they don't, they're not our people and it's okay. It's okay to just let them go and not lose sleep about it. It, Somebody else will fill the niche. And every single time I have ever went to a market, I I always am like at the beginning, oh, nobody's stopping, nobody's stopping. Oh, nobody's gonna be a bad night, you know? And I just have to be patient. And I've learned this all summer is that it always works out. People always come it always ends up being a good night. I just have to have faith. And I will say, you know, we are a Christian business. I will put that out there. We are. And we consider ourselves stewards of this business. And that mindset in itself that it's out of my hands and the control is somewhere else has been a huge, huge learning thing for us. It it takes the pressure off of you because you know, if you just have the faith that it's going to work out and if it's not a good month, this one's all right, because it always seems to pick up the next month and it never fails to amaze me how, how blessed we are with that. So that has been been huge. We, We just redid our website. Here's an example. Years ago, I used to have an online quote shop years ago. I ran the business and we did a, we had to redo our website. I don't know how many times. And every time it would be down, I would freak out. I would be so anxious. Oh my gosh, nobody can find me. I'm dead. You know, this time we redid it. We're down for like 24 hours. I'm like, it'll come back up. People will come. It's okay. You know, it's just this. And maybe it's the maturity. Maybe it's the, you know, it's all going to be okay attitude. And it always works out. And had I been all anxious, it still would have come up at whatever time it was going to come up. And I would have lost all that time worrying about something I didn't need to. So that's our biggest motto. We do us, we let it all just happen as it happens and just don't, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Oh, that, that is beautiful. So I appreciate you sharing that. My husband and I are mm-hmm. also Christians and I do believe as our faith has grown, our, our stress has gone down. So that is a great tip. I mean, I think it's one of God's greatest gifts to us that sometimes we don't appreciate as much as we should that it's all in his hands anyway. So I love that yeah. you shared that. It is important to just be who you are and know where your strengths are. Can't be anybody else, like you said, anyway. And trying to be somebody else will just really do you in. So those yes. are some wonderful tips. Well, I have appreciated this time so much. And my followers are going to love you. Oh. Um, if there's nothing else, I just appreciate you and can't wait to see how you grow. Oh, thank you so much, Renee. I appreciate it. Thank you. So there you have it. That is Mary Jo. She is a wonderful person. I love her story. I love that they 
are choosing to stay small and they are acknowledging that that can be difficult, that you've really got to continue to think about what's important to you and what's important to you as a business owner and how you can embrace being small. So have a great week and reach out to me if I can help you.